Welcome to Her Bro, His Sis, a podcast hosted by sibling ministers discussing topics of faith and family. Nobody greater than you, denying self or denying Christ. Wow, what a topic we got going on today. Yeah, man, this is um, one I've really been looking forward to for a while. And uh, honestly, I just want to jump right in. Um, We are all living in denial, whether we realize it or not. And that was something that kind of came to me later in the process of preparing for this, that we're all living in denial in one way or another. If I call you a lie, does that mean I'm denying? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I don't know, but I guess we'll find out by the end of this. I believe that. We'll find out. We'll find out, right? (laughs) So really and truly, um, what I personally just want to bring to this um, whole situation is really just two points of um, denial of us seeing, again, are we denying ourselves or are we denying Christ? Um, Because someone's being denied. It's either ourselves are being denied, our flesh is being denied, or the Lord is being denied. Mm. And so through just what I want to share, I, I really just only have two points, is our capacity um, and our desire of certain things. So always, as, as I usually do, I just really want to bring out, like, what are we really looking at when we talk about denial in the first place? And so <clears throat> what, we, what we're going to be looking at is the fact that we're refusing to give or grant something that has been requested or desired to someone. And so in this instance, we're either refusing to give something that the Lord has requested or the Lord desires of us, or um, refuse, we're refusing to give ourselves something or indulge ourselves something that we desire, mm. right? So that's, that's what, we, what we want to jump into today. What are your thoughts on it so far? Yeah, I like that definition, um, you know, about the refusal, because I think, you know, oftentimes we only look at it on one side. Um, I don't think we see the reverse effect of of denying something so obviously if you're denying one thing you're accepting something else right and i I think we'll we'll definitely get into that but yeah i mean every time you say yes to something you're saying no to something else so uh, that's exactly yeah yeah. (laughs) i think that's that's definitely Mm -hmm. um, i think just a beautiful i'm I'm definitely excited to kind of get into that that paradigm because yeah i think we just look at it as saying no and then that's it we're just saying no to that one thing but you're definitely Mm -hmm. as you're saying no you're saying yes to something else and so that's i think what we want to kind of unpack here Mm-hmm. So the first thing is, I just want us to kind of see that we can, when we want to, deny ourselves. Um, we have the capacity of doing it, and we actually do it when we want to. So, for example, anytime you diet, um, we just came out of a season of Easter or Lent and fasting. Those are like the top three examples that I have of examples of how we actually are capable when we want and choose to deny ourselves so for example if, if you're dieting um and there's various types of diets that people choose to go on to for various reasons um but when you're dieting you are choosing to restrict yourself or limit um certain things that you actually are consuming right so you're refusing to give yourself something that you desire for a certain period of time whether that be a long or a short period of time um that the lent period of time um i remember being in high school and and people always talking about what are you giving up for Lent and most of these kids were not like right like most of these kids weren't even kids that went to church but Lent was just always something that Easter was something that people always respected right so like people always would think about like yeah I'm giving up chocolate I'm giving up this or whatever they would just give up random things Mm -hmm. um but they really had no connection to like the Bible or God himself it was just like 
you know, that's what we do. The two times a year that folks, right. It's just like, we're going to dress in our church best for Sunday service on Easter day. And that's one of the two times of the year that you're going to church. If you don't go any more times throughout the year. So, but even that is you're refusing to do something for that period of Lent that you chose. Um, and typically, you know, in, in some religious circles, they say you're giving up meat, but either way, you're giving up something that you choose for a 40, 40 day period. And then generally, if you're a person that does fasting or practices fasting on a regular basis, um, that in itself, you're abstaining from eating typically. So whether that's all foods, certain foods, um, you're voluntarily refraining yourself. Um, so refusing, again, something that you desire for a purpose. So there usually is a reason that you are doing this fast. So that all of those things, if you participate in them in any capacity, so even if you're not doing it for religious reasons, you're just dieting for health purposes, you're dieting because you want to lose weight, you're still choosing um, to deny yourself of something. So that shows that you have the capacity to do it. Mm. So what are your thoughts on that? Mm. Yeah, the, 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 the kind of two things really is uh, you keep saying the word capacity uh, means that you have the ability uh, or the function to do something. Um, and then you can, um, you know, I think that if we can kind of separate those two, you have the ability, which means you can do it. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. I think a lot of people just say, well, I can't without even really understanding whether there's an ability or just a desire. So those two things definitely go hand in hand. And, and yeah, just kind of really just trying to, to, to separate those two is the capacity never changes. So when you say that you can't do something, I think it's, it's, something mentally where you're in your mind processing that you can't because it's not a desire of yours. Not that you don't right. have capacity to do it, but more so that you just don't want to do that. So therefore that's mm -hmm. what you can't. <laughs> you really should be changing right. that to that you cannot, but more so like, I don't want to, because that would definitely change. I think if you say can, that speaks to a capacity. So if you, if you can't, mm -hmm. that means that you lack the capacity to do something. And that's not necessarily accurate when you say that you can't do something all the time. Yeah. And even like we've gotten to a point in, in especially current modern day life where dieting, for example, is a big one where people will put themselves on whatever particular diet they're on, but then they allow themselves cheat days where mm -hmm. I'm allowed to do this, mm -hmm. right? Um, I don't have to stay committed to this. So I've been denying myself all this time. I've been denying myself of these sweets or these fats or these fried things or the indulgences, right? So I deserve a treat. Mm. And so I think in mm. one of our previous podcasts, we talked about how people feel like sometimes that they deserve a cheat day when it comes to the things of the Lord. And so I've been living right. I've been doing all the good things. I've been going to church. I deserve a cheat day. I deserve a day to just let my hair down. I deserve a day. And I, I want us, I think, at the end of this to kind of understand that when it comes to um, denying ourselves for Christ and that nobody is greater than you being him. Um, we don't deserve cheat days when it comes to our walk with the Lord. Mm. Like when you're denying yourself, there is no, I have the permission. I have the, um, it's my privilege or the least I can do is have a cheat day to sin or to, to not serve God or not to follow God or, or whatever those things are that I have um, given up for him, because what have we given up? for him that we should desire to go back for. So that brings me to Luke nine and 23, which <laughs> it says, and he said to them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself 
and take up his cross daily and follow me. And Amplified, it says, if anyone wishes to follow me as my disciple, he must deny himself, set aside selfish interests, and take up his cross daily, expressing a willingness to endure whatever may come and follow me, believing in me, conforming to my example and living, and if need be suffering or perhaps dying because of faith in me. And so that right there is just, <laughs> wow. If any man desires to come after God, you have to deny yourself. And when I think about where we are, when we do decide that we want to follow Christ, we're already astray. We're already lost at the point that we make that decision to say, oh, yes, I'm going to follow you, Lord. Um, he's telling you that this is not a one-time pick up your cross. Yeah. <laughs> he says daily. And so I love that that fact, when you read it in Matthew, when you read it in Mark, it doesn't say daily. But in this particular chapter, he says, take up your cross daily and follow me. Because every single day, we have to set aside selfish interest. Every single day, we have to express a willingness to endure whatever comes. Because we don't know what we're going to see throughout the hours of our days, our challenges. I mean, you wake up on any given day, and you might think you're setting off to go to work, but you literally have no clue what's going to go before you once you get there, before you get there, after you leave there. You have no idea. So you have to be willing to endure whatever comes your way every single day and then follow God by believing in his word, conforming to his example, conforming to what he has said in the word. And as we continue to reiterate podcast after podcast, episode after episode, um, hearing, receiving, obeying, agreeing with what he has said, and then allowing your life to align with that. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Uh, you kind of summed it up there at the end with that daily is, um, you know, there, there's no days off. There's no, there's no cheat days. So I think, you know, um, to, to give ourselves a sin Sabbath, if you will, um, would, would, would almost equate to, um, there's no commitment because the fact that, you know, when you're dieting, you're like, okay, man, I'm looking forward to this cheat day. Like your, your heart is never in one place. And so to always mm -hmm. have to go back to like, you know, knowing what that, that provides. So for you to have to call it a cheat day, in, in essence, for one, you're cheating, <laughs> uh, which is its mm -hmm. own conversation, but to say that, you know, like that's everything against what it is that you're building. So the fact that you're, you're willing to sacrifice a day, like that's, you're basically saying, well, I'm gonna gain weight this day, but then I'm gonna try to lose it all the, the other six days. So it's like, you're, it's, it's counterproductive to what it is that you're trying to accomplish. So it kind of doesn't make sense in that vein, but it speaks more to a, an internal issue of the fact that you're not willing to actually go all the way and deny because to deny, like you said, daily, that requires you to now have to live in a different uh, context of character so mm -hmm. the fact that you're still trying to go backwards and say oh well well, I need this well it, it, if you want it just go ahead and, and just go and be that you know what I'm saying like it's like mm -hmm. when you see people go into the restaurant and they're getting you know an extra large but then they get a Diet Coke it's like well, what's the point of Diet Coke when you already went in you know what I'm saying like yeah. that ain't saving you yeah. you know what I'm saying it's not making you feel any better so it's like you might as well just get it in so um, you know and that that, that kind of takes me to the story of um, the rich young ruler um, and you know, kind of talks about his heart. Um, <clears throat> but he's kind of asking, you know, because he's assuming that, you know, he's he's kind of like that, that, um, you know, I'm doing all these things. And so he asks, you know, what essentially good deed must I do to possess eternal life? Um, and so uh, for him, I think what he's asking is just to, he doesn't want to have to give anything up. He just wants to be able to go do that one thing. And I think when he does that one thing, um, to his mind, it's, there's not a connection to 
the denial. There's just a, a work. Okay, if I do this, mm-hmm. like I'm in. Like there's a just a magic potion to hey, like if I could just drink right. this one shake, like I don't have to exercise. I don't have to do nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't have to do exactly no accountability. Let me just drink this one shake, or let me just go and get this surgery, and that accomplishes all that I need. But you realize that if if you do that, but then you're not really having the practices or the habits, you're going to go right back to either gaining the weight or you're going to have all the same sloppy habits because you cheated the process. Um, and so that, right. that's what kind of, you know, sticks out to me. Um, and and I, I definitely won't read the whole passage, but just for your own reference, it's, it's found in uh, Matthew 19. But verse 21 really sticks out to me. And uh, it says this, Jesus answered him, if you would be perfect, that is have spiritual maturity, which accompanies self-sacrificing character, go and sell what mm. you have and give to the poor and you will have riches in heaven and come be my disciple, side with my party and follow me. So, um, you know, and of course, we know that he, you know, was grievous and he walked away because he had great possessions. So to him, realizing that he would have had to give up something and, and denying himself, he wasn't willing to go that far. So he had no connection to what he was already doing because he assumed, hey, I, I, I do this, I do that. But there was no connection to that. And so when it came down to actual denial, he wasn't willing to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know what? That it made me think about the three um things, the diet, the lenting, the fast, the three, the point of all of those things is permanent and continual transformation. So out of what you just said, like, um, if you're doing it just for, um, a superficial thing, you're doing the surgery cause you're trying to circumvent processes, all these, you can't circumvent the process. You really need to be committed to a lifestyle. And that's basically what it's supposed to be for. So when you have these fad diets, when you have these intermittent um, fasting things that are really disconnected for actual purpose, when you are disconnected from uh, the real purpose of Lent, if it's just ritualistic and there's no spiritual connection behind it, um, the whole purpose of that is permanent and continual transformation in your life. So you don't diet for the sense of, I'm just trying to do this for a short-term goal and then go back to how I was living before. The point of it is that you have made conscious decisions because you have learned about either health, nutrition, or whatever it is that you have done that wasn't idealistic for a healthy lifestyle, maintaining a healthy lifestyle. And so your diet overall is now this permanently, Mm. not for a short-term goal of, I'm just going to stop eating these particular things for this period of time. And that's why people, you know, again, following fad diets, they don't stay committed because they're either doing it because it's what's out in the news. It's what people in Hollywood are doing. Um, It's the new thing. It's the hottest thing, whatever the thing is, but you're not really doing the informational research. You're not doing, you know, um, it's not making the mind heart connection so that you really feel committed to the purpose of why you should be changing your diet, right? So the whole purpose of eating healthy is so that your body can feel good, that your health overall improves, um, minimizes disease and all these other types of things. But if you're just looking for, I'm just going to cut it out for right now, even though I have high blood pressure, high cholesterol, heart issues, whatever the case is, but then you go back to those very same things, that doesn't help your overall health. So what we need is a change of our mindset because I'm speaking this firsthand, not from a a standpoint of poor health, but just as you acquire knowledge, 
you know, in general, that should do something to you, right? Mm -hmm. And we talked about just in general, the knowledge of God should improve your overall life because as you grow to know the Lord more, that should be reflected in your life naturally as well. So even in a health sense, you know, when you're young, I can speak for myself when I was younger and even up until through high school, I could literally eat whatever I wanted to eat and literally like not feel any negative things. My body didn't you know, fight me from the inside. (laughs) I can eat sweets. I can drink soda, all that type of stuff. And it was fine. But the older I got into my late teens, I would say from probably not, you know, yeah, late teens up until throughout my twenties, um, I started to, my body started to let me know what it did not like anymore and what it didn't appreciate. And then as I started to become interested in health and nutrition, I would just kind of, you know, read things, um, learn things, And then again, seeing how my body responded to things I've always done and always consumed, it wasn't driving well. So then when I started denying myself those sweets and denying, cutting certain things out of my diet, um, I started seeing that, A, my body responded better and it was a healthier way for me personally. So again, as you gain knowledge, you, that should be reflected in your natural life. And so that just overall contributes to overall healthy lifestyle. So it wasn't that I'm doing a temporary diet. This is just now my daily, every day, this is how I eat, you know? And so this is spiritually how we should be. We shouldn't just have like, okay, I'm just going to fast from these types of behaviors or like you say, have sin Sabbaths, Mm -hmm. um, we should literally have a lifestyle that grows to become like, this is now what I am down for. Before I used to be able to do these types of things and consume these types of things spiritually, but now I no longer can do that. Um, I've cut these things out of my spiritual appetite and now this is what I now do. Does that make sense? Yes, and you said something that, man, like if we think about it, because you're talking about a change in mindset, like why do we want to cheat? you know what I mean like (laughs) because you know for you to say like okay like man like I I remember you know I had a a friend you know when I was in sixth grade and he had diabetes already and so he was already getting tested and had to do all that and he had to limit his sugar and he used to be like man like that's a bummer you know what I mean like and now as we get older like you said we we kind of get smarter towards like I don't need to be wilding out on five pounds of candy all the time you know what I'm saying like I don't need to be (laughs) having Mm -hmm. two Snickers every day like like, yeah, it's good. It tastes fine, whatever. Like, you know, there's no no crime in, you know, having your occasional candy, whatever. But the fact that we feel so um, at a loss when we don't have those things, and, and let's get spiritually speaking, like when we feel like, man, we have to deny ourselves, like just like the rich young ruler, like he went away sad because he would have had to give up something that he didn't want to. So yeah. when we think about it from a spiritual perspective, like, and even just, you know, from the natural, I know we're kind of paralleling a little bit, so forgive me, but, you know, we're, we're talking about diet, like, because you got smarter because you realized like what the health effects of that were and you know moving forward like that's only going to be a detriment to your health you don't miss it anymore right <laughs> you know right like exactly it is it is. and so just as you're moving into this life in christ and you're you're beginning to you know take a hold of christ you realize that okay those things that i thought you know like paul said i count those all as loss for the sake of knowing christ so if you're not mm-hmm. getting to that point in mindset then maybe you need to evaluate wh- where it is really that you are because you're always going to be at odds. And I think, you know, on the James podcast, we talked about that, you know, um, where a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So you can't want Christ and then want yourself at this, you know, 
it's either you're going to love yeah. one and hate the other. So you have to realize that you're going to have to make a, a complete decision. It's not going to be like, okay, yeah, for five days, yeah, I'm going to get it in. And then the other two, like, that's me. Like, you're never going, you're always going to be in conflict with yourself. And your body is also naturally or spiritually is going to have to say, okay, well, am I with sugar? Are we supposed to be rejecting this? Like, I really don't understand. Like, and that just gives a false representation of what it is that you're actually trying to be when you're constantly finding yourself in a position where you have to cheat. Yeah, that's true. And it also reminds me of um, John 3 and 30 when it says that he must increase, but I must decrease. Um, And New Living says that he must become greater and greater and I must become less and less. So like as we um, navigate this journey with the Lord, if he's not becoming greater and greater in our lives, incrementally greater and greater in our lives, daily, monthly, weekly, you know, yearly, then we're not becoming less and less Mm. like we are becoming greater and greater and God is becoming less and less. And I mean, you can see that just in your own life. If you just take your audit, if you audit your own life daily, weekly, overall, you can see is God, you know, greater um, or are you greater? And this is just kind of one of those things, again, of self-examination, you know, am I more denying myself or am I more denying Christ in my life? And this is just something that we need to really just examine, you know, because that's, really you can say one thing but your actions always tell what really is being denied yeah <laughs> that's true um <laughs> matthew six twenty four, um you know says no man can serve two masters right um you know either mm-hmm. he will hate the one and love the other so there's always going to be a contrasting relationship between the two um it says he will hold to one and despise the other so you can't if you're cheating whatever you're cheating on <laughs> that means that you love the one thing that you're cheating with <laughs> more than what you love. Yeah. You, it wouldn't make sense that if you were faithful to the one, the one that you're, you're actually willing to cheat on actually is not that important to you. If you understand it in the context of, of, yeah. of cheating. So um, yeah, I, I think it's definitely, like I said, it, it's, it comes down to, you know, we have the capacity to diet and, and do all these things and deny ourselves. It's a matter of, if we feel that that's what we really want to do. Yeah. Which brings me to my second point. Um, Cause like I said, this subject is really just like cut and dry two points and that's it. I can, and I won't. So my second point is simply, I won't. And that contraction, the word itself means I will not. Um, so if you want to take that deeper, I will um, equals I desire to. So I will not, means I do not desire to do that. So whatever your excuse is, I will not do it because, and so even in your example of the ruler, it's because of the possessions that he had. And so what is the thing or what are the things that we have that we do not want to deny ourselves of that would make us that sad that we would have to walk away from the Lord feeling like, man, I'm missing out. Like we really need to look at ourselves and see like, what do we feel like we would be missing out on by giving this up for the Lord? And, and that's really crazy, isn't yeah, it? That's, that's deep right there. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So my first, my first point is second Timothy two and 12, which says, if we endure hardship, we will reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. Um, verse 21 says, therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from these things, which are dishonorable, disobedient, and sinful, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified, set apart for a special purpose and useful for the master prepared for every good work. So um, we, 
need to endure, like in Luke 9 and 23, that verse that we read, it said that if anybody wants to follow me, you have to deny yourself, set aside your selfish interests and express a willingness to endure whatever may come. And so I know that when we talked about the what would James do uh, episode, we talked about James would endure. And so this point comes back again, because in this verse here, it says, if we endure hardship, hardship is one of the things that comes with the territory of being a follower of Christ. And so I know that that's not what they often preach um, when you're in a service and, you know, they're making that altar call or that invitation to salvation. They're not saying, hey, sign up for hardship (laughs) by saying yes to the Lord, you know, (laughs) like they're not saying that. But these are things that as we, you know, learn the word and grow in the knowledge of Christ, um, we learn that hardship comes with the territory. And so, the Bible says that if we endure it, we'll reign with him. If we suffer for him and with him, we'll reign with him. We, we have to be partakers of the sufferings of Christ. This is, you know, the things that he tells us after we say yes. Um, because honestly, God knows what he's doing really and truly when you think about it in any area of our life, not just Christianity and salvation, but in most areas of our life, the Lord would not tell us straight out the gate like, hey, these are the Um, hardships that are going to come after you say yes to this job, after you say yes to this relationship, after you say yes to this um, opportunity, that does not come at the same time because that would hinder a lot of people from saying yes. So he just says, here's the opportunity. He lays it before you. He gives you the option to say yes or no. And then you go from there. So um, once we know this is part of the territory, then he comes to remind us like, hey, if you endure hardship, you're going to reign with him. So it's also one of the things that's a goal, right? Because it's almost like if you endure, you're going to receive the crown of life. If you do this, keep your eyes focused on me. I'm the reward at the end of the prize, right? So it's almost like an encouragement at the same time to tell you that if you endure, I'm waiting you as your reward at the end. Um, but then he also continues to tell us when you read on down that therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from all these things that are dishonorable and disobedient and sinful, at that point, you will be a vessel for honor. And we can't be vessels for honor if we do not cleanse ourselves. And I know that we talked about this, I believe in that same podcast, what would James do? Um, about it being our job to cleanse ourselves. You know, there are certain things in here that it should, that there are parts that we are responsible to do of ourselves. The Lord has his part, but then there are other things that we are supposed to do. So we are supposed to lay down certain things. We are supposed to lay aside every weight in the sin that easily besets us. And so the things that we know they're dishonorable, we put them there and we have to take them away. We are the ones who set it before our eyes um, or put it before our ears or we put ourselves to put our feet in the path to do those things and apply ourselves to use those things. And so when we say no and deny ourselves from doing those things and take them away from us, then at that point we would be qualified as vessels for honor. Um, so what are your thoughts about that so far? Yeah. Um, I, I, I think you're kind of hitting it on the head when you're saying that's a sim- it's as simple as <laughs> these two points um, because, you know, I kind of feel like I'm, I'm wanting to jump back to something that's already been said just to kind of say, Hey, I mean, <laughs> there's not really much else there, but, <laughs> but I mean, just, just to kind of add uh, extra to it. Um, yeah. It, it is a hard issue. And um, you know, I'm reminded of, of the scripture in Matthew eight um, 
you know, and, and even just something that kind of pointed at me is as, as I was looking at it right right now was, um, you know, verse 18, um, it says when Jesus saw a crowd around him. So you have this group of people that's following. Right. So you would call the, that crowd followers, let's just say for for sake of, of illustration. Um, so he has these followers. Right. So uh, moving on, it says he gave orders to go over to the other side and a scribe came up to him and said to him, teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Um, another of the disciples said to him, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, follow me and leave the dead to bury their own dead. So the, the thing that that, that mm. point points out to me, first of all, is he had a group of followers, but then he's specifically telling someone to follow him. So not necessarily everybody who's following him is actually denying themselves to follow him right mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. so you mm-hmm. see this crowd but then he's specifically now speaking to them and saying follow me and what is it that, the, that they said um let me first go and, and do such and such so it's like yeah well, i'm asking you to follow me and leave the dead <laughs> to bear their own death so you know the, the, the question begs are you dead or alive because you know he's saying mm. let the dead bury the dead that means if I'm asking you to follow me, I'm making you alive, which means you have to discard what it is that was dead, which is your old self. So if you're leaving that, you mm-hmm. have to leave it all the way. It's not let me be dead and alive because that's not a natural or physical possibility. Right. Yeah. So if, if we're in the spiritual mm-hmm. sense, if he's correlating that and saying, I came to give you life and life more abundantly, that means if you're going to crucify your flesh, that means you're killing yourself, mortifying your flesh. Right. As it says in Romans, that means that you have to mm-hmm. discard that. And move into this new life in Christ, which means just because you are around the Lord doesn't mean you in the Lord. So if, if you're going to be in the Lord, Come you on have here. To, be to die to yourself, pick up your cross and follow him. So, yeah, there is a denial that comes with wow. that. And you have to be willing to say, OK, like, are you in the crowd <laughs> or are you actually following? You know what I'm saying? Because that crowd is going to leave at one point and he's going to, mm. you know, my sheep know my voice. So those people who are close to me can hear what I'm saying. But those people back there, I ain't got a microphone. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying it to those mm-hmm. who can hear me. And if you're willing to get in that intimacy and in that inner circle, I'll speak to you. If not, you just you're around me, but you're not in me. Wow. So, <laughs> OK, time out. I got I got like a one, two, three <laughs> punch for you right there in response, in response. So first of all, let me add Luke 8, which this this goes back to the parable of the sower because it is always so fitting. And honestly, almost any time, every time really you hear the word, you are one of these types of soils. Um, but this reminds me of the one where the seeds fell on the rocky soil. It says that the seeds on the rocky soil present those, represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a while, then they fall away when they face temptation. So that just goes back to if you endure hardship, you'll reign. So they fall away when they face hardship or temptation. Uh, the seeds that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message, but all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the cares and riches and pleasures of this life. So they never grow into maturity. So that also throws back to your story about the young ruler, because he knew the word because he said, I've been doing all these things since my youth. What else do I need to do? So he he had some word, but his message was being crowded out by the riches and pleasures of life because God asked him to give it up and he didn't want to. So. That right there, you're not enduring because you don't want to. Um, Romans 12 and 1, 
come back, comes back around almost every single time because that one is, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies, dedicating all of yourselves set apart as a living sacrifice, holy and well-pleasing to God, the kind that he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. So that kind of references your whole dead or alive type of situation. And when we talked about sacrifice, we went into detail um, a little bit a few episodes ago, but sacrifice is offering something that is precious to you. Um, it also is a picture of destroying, slaughtering, or surrendering something for the sake of some something else. So if you put yourself in that picture there, if you are sacrificing something precious, Abraham was asked to offer his son, which was precious to him, and he was willing to do it. He was willing to deny himself because he was willing to grant something that the Lord requested of him. But when the Lord saw that his heart was willing to do it, he didn't make him go through with that, right? Um, for us, he's saying, and I said, I think a few episodes back, that sometimes our obedience is the sacrifice, right? We want to do something our own flesh wants to do. That dead man, the old man who should no longer be alive because Christ is living in us and through us, but we want to do things that our old nature wanted to do. And if that's what we once considered precious, we need to sacrifice that unto God um, by destroying, slaughtering, and surrendering it for the sake of the Lord. So when we do not deny ourselves in moments of anger, in moments of uh, wrath, in moments of frustration, in moments of whatever it is, right? When we're going through human emotions um, that are irritations and we deny Christ and what he would have us to do in those moments, we're now fulfilling and gratifying ourselves instead of fulfilling and gratifying Christ when we should be denying ourselves. You know, um, we feel so obligated or uh, worthy of, well, you know, he did this to me, she did this to me, they deserve this. I need to tell them about themselves or whatever the case is that we feel that we're um, allowed to go forth with the human emotions that we feel as opposed to just sacrificing those to the Lord and saying, okay, I'm going to destroy and slaughter and surrender that feeling for the sake of you. Um, and a lot of times when we're being mistreated, that's the prime example right there to sacrifice ourselves and deny ourselves so that Christ can be exalted in those moments. Um, and then the third punch, and I'll let you respond, is Second Timothy 3 and 5, where he says that having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, um, Amplified says holding to a form of outward godliness or religion, although they have denied its power for their conduct nullifies their claim of faith. Stay away from people like that. Hmm. So, I mean, like you said, you're around I think you just said something about being around the Lord, but not mm -hmm. in him. <laughs> That's exactly denying the power thereof. You have this outward appearance or the asceticism of what godliness is supposed to look like. But the, the, the actual power of that um, would change and transform your conduct. But because of how you act, you nullify the things that you say, which is supposed to be your faith. Wow. Wow. Well, I got a lot of catching up to do. So. <laughs> I said it was a one, yeah, two, yeah, three yeah. punch. So no, I mean, you know, I gave you fair warning. Yeah. So uh, just a, a couple quotes and then uh, I'll, I'll try to get it in. So 
the first one is from Charles Spurgeon, and it says, true godliness demands self-denial and cross-bearing. And if you have none of these, you are making a false profession. So I, I, I think that definitely goes to the last one you said about, um, you know, having a form of godliness. So, you know, what is that? Um, and, and, you know, I just I had this this uh, note that I put down um, kind of a reference to the title is uh, nobody greater than you, which is him. Right. So if we're, we're saying that, God, mm-hmm. there's nobody greater than you. Um, are you saying that or are you saying nobody greater than you, which is yourself? Um, because when you right. choose to deny one or the other, that's what you're saying is you're saying nobody's greater than him or nobody's greater than me. So you have to be willing to, to mm. be on one of those sides because to choose yourself means you're saying, I don't choose God in his ways or I don't trust his ways. So it comes down to a lack of faith or lack of, of obedience or whatever that case is. You're choosing to not desire that because you think you're better than him. Um, that's what you're saying mm, by mm, saying mm. that. So we'll stop there. Um, wow. There's a scripture that I wanted to, to speak about because you, you mentioned sacrifice and that definitely um, hit me a lot because, you know, the way that you, you set the, the way you defined it um, was so graphic that I, I think it begs to really just sit on that for a second. So this is Matthew chapter three, verse seven through 10. And I'm going to read it in the message version just because there's a, a word that I want to bring out as I define sacrifice and kind of tag team what you said. But it says when John realized that a lot of Pharisees and Sadducees were showing up for a baptismal experience because it was becoming the popular air quotes thing to do he exploded brood of snakes what excuse me that's my spot there uh brood of snakes what do you think you're doing slithering down here to the river do you think a little water on your snake skins is going to make a difference it's your life that must change not your skin and don't you think you can pull and don't think you can pull rank by claiming abraham as father being a descendant of abraham is neither here nor there Descendants of Abraham are a dime a dozen. What counts as your life? Is it green and flourishing? Because if it's dead wood, it goes on the fire. So obviously there's a lot to unpack. Wow. There, but the reason why I chose the message, um, not necessarily because of the graphic nature, but um, he said that they showed up for baptism because it was the popular thing to do. Um, so when you said mm. sacrifice, um, you know, the thing that stuck out to me is self-denial. And self-denial is personal, not popular. So Mm-hmm. when you say that you're going to sacrifice something you're not sacrificing because it's the the popular thing because people don't like to sacrifice right um i mean you think about when you, you said abraham um if jesus would have told him to sacrifice ishmael he had been all over that right <laughs> because he wasn't he wasn't the one right um, you know and so we don't necessarily see exactly how he felt in that but we know obviously the backstory of how important Isaac was to him. And so I think that Correct. we understand that that was a sacrifice. And so, you know, sacrifice is not popular. And so for us to, to, to give ourselves, give of ourselves, like you said, there is submission and obedience um, and favor that comes with that sacrifice. So if we're willing to be obedient to the Lord, mm-hmm. the Lord will honor that. Um, and then it says it's your life that must change, not your skin. So again, there's a way for you to, to act without feeling. And so, um, you know, if you're, Mm. if you're not willing to give your life, um, then it's actually just a false profession of what it is that you're doing. So just because you, you got baptized or just because you did something doesn't necessarily mean that you're actually professing what it is that you say you're professing if your life doesn't match to that. So you have to be willing to give your life, not just do the actions that look like you gave your life when you're not actually giving your life if you don't give your life. So I'll stop there. I'll let you respond. And that's literally... (laughs) No, I mean, that literally is kind of what we often talk about on such a regular basis that sometimes people are just going through emotions and they're so disconnected from it 
you know, going to church is just kind of like a check on the box for the week or, or all these religious activities are just checks on the box. Um, but when you're disconnected from it, it's just what, there's no transformation or proof even um, that you were even a part of it because your life doesn't look any different either way. So that just brings me to Titus 1 and 16, where it says they profess to know God, but they deny him by their works. So you profess that you know the Lord, you're in the Lord, <laughs> you've got the Lord, <laughs> um, you wear the cross necklace, you have the little bumper sticker on the car, whatever the case is, but you deny him by your works. They are detestable, disobedient, unfit for any good work. Um, and Amplified says they profess no God to recognize and be acquainted with him, but by their actions, they dis deny and disown him. They are detestable and disobedient and worthless for every good work, for wor good work of any kind. So that's crazy to me. <laughs> um, deny and disown him by your actions. Um, because again, your actions prove whether you're truly denying yourself or whether you're denying Christ. So you can say whatever you want. Um, chapter two, verse 12, still in the book of Titus, it says that we are instructed to turn. We are as believers, as people say that we profess Christ, we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. We should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God. Amplified says that it teaches us to reject ungodliness and worldly and moral desires to live sensible, upright, and godly lives with a purpose that reflects spiritual maturity in this present age. So that part was really key to say in this present age, because a lot of times people think that they don't have to live godly in this present age until after this present age. But in this present age is what's going to qualify you to be in the second age, the next age, um, which is the eternal age. Um, if you don't live godly and practice spiritual maturity now, you will not live in eternal uh, life with the Lord. I mean, that's just kind of like what the whole point of all this is saying, because we're instructed how to obey God. And when we're disobedient, we are denying Christ. When we're obedient, we are denying ourselves. And so, again, those things are not disconnected. Obedience to Christ means we're denying ourselves something or a lot of things. And um, disobedience to Christ means that we are not denying ourselves, but we are denying Christ. Um, and then that just kind of brings me to my final point, honestly, which um, kind of sums everything back up into one, bringing back the points about diet and all that, First Timothy 4 and 8, which says, um, physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. Um, Amplified says that it's of some value. Physical training is of some value, but godliness or spiritual training is of value in everything and in every way since it holds promise for the present life and for the life to come. So you can be dedicated to physical fitness, to health, and all these other things on a natural level, and those profit to a certain degree. Um, and we're not saying that those things don't matter because they do to an extent, but Godliness matters much more. And those are the things that we should be training ourselves more, even the more for. Um, and if you are disciplined enough and, and committed enough on a natural level to do that and apply yourself towards physical training or physical exercise in whatever capacity or degree that you're willing to, it lets 
the Lord know and everyone else know that you have, again, the capacity and the ability to apply that same degree in spiritual training if you desire to. So that kind of sums up everything I have in a nutshell, that particular point. Yeah. And I'll just kind of just, you know, hammer the the nail, you know, even further, because, again, we're, we're definitely, <laughs> you know, feeling redundant. But, um, you know, what you said about, you know, that it has value. I think it comes down to what do you value? Because, um, like mm-hmm. you said, we're not excusing the value of what, you know, you working out and all that. Yeah, you're going to see the benefit of doing that. But if you're saying that you're in Christ, that benefit should never uh, supersede anything that you're going to receive in godliness. So I, I think that, you know, again, you choosing to deny Christ um, for the benefit of, of um, elevating yourself, you're showing what your value or where your value is. Um, I just right. wanted to just give this last scripture. Um, and this is, uh, lost my page here. Uh, James four and <laughs> we keep going to James. I don't know what, what it is. <laughs> <laughs> he set us uh, up. He set us up. <laughs> he, he was like Jesus. Man. Yeah. What would you do, James? What would you do? <laughs> <laughs> First brother, I want to meet you. man. Uh, <laughs> brother James, brother James, brother James. Man, but, um, <laughs> yeah, just uh, just two scriptures. I, w- I won't belabor the point because you know we we've we've spoken about them. Uh, but uh, just James four three and then verse seven. So um, if you read the chapter, um, you know you'll definitely see it in context. But just want to point these two things out here is um, you ask and do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives, so that you may spend what you request on your pleasures. And then verse seven says, submit, mm. therefore, to God, but resist the devil and he will flee from you. So, you know, I think just that, to answer the mm. question, um, why don't we deny ourselves? Um, you said because we don't want to. Um, and then secondly, our heart is not in it. Um, you, don't, you, you can't deny both. So you can't deny Christ and deny yourself or say that you're accepting yourself and right. accepting Christ. You, you have to do one or the other. Um, if you're denying yourself, that's submission. So you would be willing to submit to the Lord. And if you're denying Christ, that's idolatry. So you can't be submissive and um, I have an idol at the same time. So <laughs> I think we're definitely understanding mm-hmm. where that's coming from. But um, for us to deny ourselves, you know, you said it earlier, you know, taking up your cross, um, decreasing as he increases and realizing that, like it says in Colossians, that our life is hidden in Christ. So if, um, and I think I mentioned this on another podcast as well, you know, that if then, that if your life is hidden in Christ, it says, then seek those things which are above. So, again, that mm-hmm. requires a denial of realizing that this natural does not matter. Um, yes, there are some benefits. We realize we have to clothe ourselves. We have to feed ourselves. We, we want to be healthy. There's things, and like you said, there is a benefit and a value to those things. But that cannot be the ultimate end of man is, man, I need to make sure that I'm physically fit and looking good. And, you know, because then it, it turns into a pride of like, okay, now I need to go get plastic surgery because I no longer look the way I used to look. And, and it, it becomes a detriment because you're focusing too much on that. So recognize what the value is from the standpoint mm-hmm. of the necessity of making sure you're healthy. So, so that you can do what's necessary in God. Um, and then, you know, lastly, just, you know, recognizing that when you deny Christ, that that's idolatry. And so, um, you know, we understand the commandments, um, thou shalt have no other gods before me. And, you know, that's a lowercase, meaning that everything we put before God becomes an idol. And so, um, you know, I think we look at idolatry mm-hmm. as like, man, I'm not worshiping Buddha. I'm not worshiping Muhammad or Confucius. Like, yeah, like those are gods, right? right? In terms of the what we understand uh, a, a deity to be. But <laughs> there's a whole bunch of 
idol, you know, idols that we put in front of God that are just, you know, whether it be fashion or um, TV or something mm-hmm. like that. And we don't necessarily say that we're worshiping Correct. those things. But if you evaluate your time and you're looking at how right. much you're spending on those, those things, there's a worship there, right? Because you're not willing to render that mm-hmm. to the Lord. So if you're not willing to give that up and you're not willing to mm-hmm. submit, then yes, you've now, you now serve that because it owns you because you're not willing to sacrifice it. So if you can't give it up, then yes, that's an idol yeah. and, and you're worshiping that whether you say you want to or not. Yeah. And really, I mean, it just even just as simplistic as what you're saying, an idol is whatever has your affection and attention, um, whatever consumes your attention and affection the most, whatever you're willing to offer your mm-hmm. attention and affection to the most, I can even say. So again, like you said, television, video games, um, individuals, like if it's people in person, um, just whatever it is that you are unwilling, if, if the Lord were to ask you to give those things up, are you unwilling to um, limit yourself, set time frames, or totally eliminate certain things altogether for the sake of the Lord without walking away like the young ruler sad, you know? <laughs> so I just think that's one of those things that we have to really just put ourselves in the shoes of these things to see like, where would I be? Would I be walking away from this thing or that thing or this person sad because the Lord asked me to yeah. give this up for him, you know, or to deny myself of this for him um, or to decrease myself so that he can become greater here. Because sometimes again, it's not even like you said, um, with the Snickers example and the candy thing, sometimes it's not even about that something is all the way wrong, exactly. but you're just doing too much of it. So yeah. you can watch TV, but is it is it never, your never Lord and Savior? Because... <laughs> 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 right. So you know what I'm saying? So like maybe you need to decrease that intake so that you can consume more of the Lord. And sometimes, you know, again, that shows where our heart is at because if our heart is not engaged or invested in that or we don't think that that would give us the same amount of um, enjoyment well then we don't love the lord that much because we just clearly feel like his presence has to be time stamped and time marked like man i'm not i mean we gotta spend time with the lord man i gotta give him uh i gotta give him 45 minutes today and uh i mean i'm gonna just try to do the best i can to get through 45 minutes you know and i think you were talking something about prayer right um how what was the thing you were telling me the other day about prayer um and i'll just use this as an example for prayer because prayer for example there have been different types of prayer um retreats prayer uh events prayer conferences and some people feel compelled to join them and other people do not do not feel compelled to join them um but when you know you need help with prayer there's books about prayer. There's devotions about prayer. People are trying to help you pray through situations to improve your prayer life or to add more quality to your prayer life. And I think one of the things I said was, I was kind of just like, I mean, we give people way too much grace, if you will call it grace, because it's not even grace. I think it's just a excuse to not really go in deeper when you say, well, let's just give them five minutes a day. Well, we can just give them three minutes a day. No, we're not. Let's not do that because if that's where you have to start, that's fine. But let's not stay there and be like, we're really doing qualitative stuff by giving him three minutes a day. Um, if that's where you have to start, that's perfectly fine. But I have, I have been in a place where 
I've practiced certain things like that as part of um, these little strategies in the past. And I found myself lost beyond whatever time frame that they said, because I actually engaged and I allowed myself to take the clock away and just really go in and come out. And it like you really had no idea how long you were in there because you didn't mm-hmm. give yourself a time limit. And I think I've talked to you on the side sometimes. I've said, you know, when it comes to God, why are we always trying to give him contingencies and times when there's other people that we enjoy? Like, I love you. I love spending time with you. I love spending time with my child. I would never give you guys a time limit if I don't have to, right. <laughs> you know, like unlimited time on any given day. If we can be together together, why are we putting timestamps on it? If we enjoy each other, let's enjoy each other and bask in that time. And so why don't we do that with the Lord? And we just look like he is just this um, far-fetched, just, I don't know what it, you know what I'm saying? It's just, it's yeah, just and, not right. That's the one thing that's been coming to me. And I'll, I'll respond to the prayer thing. Um, you know, the one scripture that's really been sticking out to me the last maybe month or so is, um, you know, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And when you love something, like you said, in terms of time, like we don't think about it. Like I think about when I was dating, um, you know, there was a whole lot of times I was going to bed at three, four in the morning because, you know, there was a whole lot of just breathing on the phone just simply because we wanted to spend time together or, you know what I'm saying? Like nothing mattered because there was a love there. And, you know, it's like we, you know, mm-hmm. and we've heard it a lot of times, you know, especially growing up in the Lord that, you know, there's a young, uh, love or, or, or this um you know youthful bliss to you know when you first get saved um and then and like okay like now mm-hmm. that you graduated in the sense it's like you don't spend that kind of time with the lord anymore it's like yeah at first you know, okay when you first got your bible you was getting it in and now it's like okay like you know I, i've read through it I, I i know some scripture like i'm good and that kind of goes to the prayer thing is and what i mentioned to you the other day is like you know we understand what prayer is, you know, it's two things. It's obviously, you know, our petitions to God, but it's also our communication with him and the, the primary way that we interact. Right. So if we understand the power and the mm-hmm. effect that comes from prayer, if we're not doing it or we're not using it to its effect, the reason why is because we believe, especially in American culture, that we don't need him. So the fact that we feel like anything we can receive, like we have a natural um, solution to that. So like if we're broke, we go get a job, right? If we're hungry, we go to the, the fridge. Like mm-hmm. we assume that every need we have can be satisfied by something that we do. So our dependence on God is not right. um, where it should be. We don't look at God the way that we should. And therefore we don't call on him the way that we should, because we don't think that he's necessary to call on until it's like a dire situation where we have no answers. And so, you know, when we're talking about, when we talk to people mm-hmm. like, okay, well, have you sought the Lord? Uh, well, I called you. Well, you should probably start it with that because <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, we just don't give God his due. And so, you know, when you say that we love him, like mm-hmm. we have to be willing to invest just as we would with any other natural situation. Like you said, like we don't put a time limit on any other thing other than the things we don't want to do. Right. <laughs> it's like, hey, we're going to go to our in-laws. Exactly. Right? Just for the sake of people, you know, that's kind of a common, you know stigma is like oh we don't like your in-laws so okay like we're just gonna go for an hour and then we're gonna come home right because you don't want to be there right but if you're going Correct. to where you want to be right like you ain't worried about whether or not the next marvel movie is three hours exactly. long exactly because they you in there reclining you got your popcorn you got your soda like you chilling right but as soon as there's an effort or mm-hmm. some activity that you you're not really digging then all of a sudden it becomes a you got to set all these parameters and so we just put too much limitations on exactly. God and that's just speaking to the fact that we don't want to deny ourselves because yeah, it's going to require you giving up something else in order to um, 
indulge in the Lord. So yeah, if you're indulging in the ways you have the capacity, right. like you said at the beginning, we have the capacity to indulge. It's just a matter of what we're indulging in. So, um, you know, you're choosing what you mm-hmm. want to worship by what you're spending your time on. Yeah. And that was a beautiful example of what you said too, about just being on the phone, just breathing on the phone because yep. you're sacrificing mm-hmm. sleep. And there's many times <laughs> where well, I was you know <laughs> just... And I woke up and I was like, oh, you <laughs> that too. <laughs> Right. Yes, because yeah, I just love you so you much. And you sleep so beautiful. Stop. <laughs> I don't even have your number today. So if it was that cute, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't even remember your name. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> okay. So I just want to add so for like my personal application for this, um, it's really just simple. It's really just decision. You know, it's a decision for you to make. And it's not like the one time walk to the altar, saying a prayer, accepting the Lord as your savior. This is literally like when we talked about that first verse, you know, take up your cross daily. Um, It's a daily, hourly minute decision to um, say that I'm going to deny myself um, so that Christ can be greater in my life and become greater in my life. So it's, you know, a mental thing that you have to kind of uh, really examine yourself, make that decision and say, you know, either I'm going to win and have it my way or decide to actually lose yourself and surrender. And like I said, it's, it's not just, uh, I wake up in the morning and I do it one time. I do it tomorrow. And then I do it as I go throughout my day because it's hardships, it's challenges, it's, it's, um, trials, it's situations that go on. And these are moments in which we're going to have to exhibit denying ourselves or denying Christ um, by denying his word, by denying what he's told us to do and how he's told us to respond, how he's told us to conduct ourselves, how he has instructed us to obey him. So it's really a decision. Um, so just start by evaluating areas where you just clearly can recognize that you are denying Christ. Um, and then at that point, in those areas, start denying yourself in exchange for that. Um, and then just continually make it a practice. You know what I'm saying? So just like with the diet, it, you know, some people can do certain things and cut cold turkey when they recognize it. Other people um, have to make a plan. But either way, if it's something that you truly recognize that you need to do in your life, you need to make a plan to follow through so that Jesus can have his way in your life. And um, if he's, if you, if you're professing that he is in control and he's the Lord of all, why not just allow him to do that? So that's, that's really my application um, for this session. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I like how you, you spoke about evaluation. Mine was kind of on those same lines is, um, you know, we choose what we want and we have to be able to evaluate would the Lord want that same thing? So, you know, as we look at what we choose to be involved in and what we invest our time in, is that honoring to the Lord? If it's not, are we willing to submit? Because, you know, it's easy to say that, you know, okay, God, I'm going to give you my all. I'm going to give you my everything. But if we're not denying ourselves, we're not willing to do that. So it really does, like you said, come down to, you know, the Mm -hmm. heart issue of the matter. And um, are we willing to repent and submit to, to change? Um, and I heard this quote, um, I think I mentioned it to you earlier, but um, I heard this quote uh, just this past week is uh, you cannot change what you tolerate. So um, if you're willing to tolerate um, what may be pleasing to you, um, 
if you realize that it's not pleasing to the Lord, you have to be willing to submit to his authority. And so um, we continue to do what we want to do, not only because we love it, but because sometimes we maybe are doubting God um, and his ability. So maybe we say, well, I, I don't submit because I don't trust. Um, and so um, we're really just we're speaking mm-hmm. to how we view God by what we choose to do. So, um, you know, it's really just elevating right. um how we view our God um, and in and, and light of ourselves. So like, like the title said, you know, <laughs> nobody greater than you. And so it, it's, who are we putting that you as? Is it, is it, is it our father in heaven or is it, is it ourself? And so, um, you know, we, we choose mm-hmm. that by the decisions we make, you know, we can easily say it with our lips, but our lips don't make that decision. It's, it's what we profess with our actions. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think we're in agreement with just evaluating and, and making that decision once that evaluation comes in and be willing to submit to, um, what we find. Mm-hmm. Well, I would love to pray for us um, just to kind of seal this this word and I just feel like it's necessary. So, um, Father God, we just want to thank you so much for who you are and we thank you for your word that you have given us to show us more of you and to show us what you have for us to do. And Lord, right now I just pray for every person who will listen to this and truly hear what you are saying. For every person who currently stands as a believer in you, as a professed believer in you at this moment, Father, I pray that you would hold each one of our hearts in your hand right now, God. And I pray that you would just examine them, Lord, Examine us, even as we have shared this this word with the people, Lord God. We are not exempt, Father. But Lord, we just lift our hearts collectively to you in this moment, Lord. And we are giving ourselves to you and giving permission to illuminate uh, areas of our life that are not submitted to you, in which we have or are currently denying you. We ask you, Lord God, to strengthen us through your spirit, through your word, Lord God, that we will walk in obedience and deny ourselves, Lord God, daily as you have instructed us to do, Lord God, and follow you faithfully, obediently, and wholeheartedly, willingly, Lord God, lovingly and joyously, Lord, not grudgingly, Lord God, but Father, as people who truly love you and want to follow after your ways, as people who are willing to grow in a relationship with you, Lord God, and to please you in all of our ways, Lord God. Just as we want to please those whom we love on earth, Lord God, not in a way of being men pleasers, Lord God, but when you love someone, it is your delight to please them. And Lord, we love you. And because we're claiming that we love you, we want our actions to follow that. So help us, Lord God, to submit ourselves completely to you, Lord, and to deny ourselves so that you can become greater and greater in our lives, Lord. We pray that you would help us with spiritual confidence and fortitude to prevail over and walk through the challenges, the troubles, the um, tribulations, the things that will come our way as we go through daily struggles, Lord God, the highs, the lows. We just pray that you would Keep us even healed in you, Lord, connected to you at every point, and not just in the points of our dire need, Lord, 
still connected to you even when things are going well, even when things are not so hard and difficult, Lord, that we stay connected to you, Lord God, in those moments even. Lord, help our hearts to truly become those that are willing to give up anything for you. If we say that we truly love you, Lord God, let nothing be greater in our lives and our hearts than you, Lord. We just thank you for the opportunity to love you because you loved us first. We thank you for the opportunity to be in relationship with you. And we thank you for the opportunity to have the knowledge of your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Her Bro, His Sis. Catch your favorite siblings each month as we talk to you, our family in Christ. Want to chat or just stay in the know? Catch us on Facebook and Instagram at Herbro His Sis. Oh, 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 oh,